0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Let the Right Film In. My name is KJ. Today I'm recording on November 1st and it's pretty much a bittersweet day for me and for all of us all horror fans. Uh, Halloween was yesterday it has come and gone (laughs) and now we are moving on into the month of November heading into Thanksgiving here in the States and then Christmas. And like I said it's kind of a bittersweet day. You know as an adult for me always like in the summer I kind of start getting over summer like (laughs) in August and I'm constantly just thinking about October, fall, Halloween season and as an adult too it's interesting you always put so much on your watch list Uh, especially me I always you know I'm gonna watch all these classic horror films I'm gonna catch up on films I haven't watched all the new films you know I'm always very motivated and actually I had a pretty good month overall good Halloween season But always, you know, at the end of the day, you feel like you didn't watch anything. It came and went so fast, and it did that again this year for me. But like I said, so today on this episode, and as you could tell by the title, this is kind of just a post-Halloween kind of recap, what I've been watching in the month of October. Uh, Mostly all horror films, yeah. (laughs) And I'll talk about a TV show as well at the end. And also a couple books that I've been reading. So yeah, I did this last year, kind of like I said, a post Halloween recap episode, and I know they do a lot. A lot of YouTubers do this, where they kind of you know do a month of what they've been watching. So that's kind of like the podcast form of this right here. <laughs> Gonna try it out. Last year, like I mentioned, I kind of just mentioned a couple films. I didn't talk about everything, but here today, I have my Letterboxd app opened, which I always mention. You can follow me there at KJ Steiner. And yeah, I'm just going to go through the films, what I've watched. At the end, I'll talk about a TV show that I watched with my wife and something else that we're currently watching. And then I'm just going to recommend a couple books that I read during the month as well. Like I said, overall, it was a pretty solid month. I wish I could have watched more. But, eh, you know, you can only do so much. (laughs) Like I said, it's pretty hard when, you know, you're working full time and you're trying to watch movies. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes I would watch a film and I'd just be so tired at the end of the day from work. And it's just, I would just end up kind of falling asleep during it or I'd have to watch it the next day. So I would like split uh, one movie in two nights or so. I will mention, too, if you're listening to this and you're kind of like, where are all the horror classics? You know, where. You know, like the comfort horror films that you watch every year. I didn't put any of those in my letterbox because what I normally do is I don't have cable. (laughs) But during the month of October, I subscribe to AMC+. And there you can watch the channel live. And that's where I always watch AMC Fear Fest. So I have that on basically the entire month of October just in the background and that's where I catch a lot of like the horror classic films like all the Halloween films especially yesterday they had kind of like a marathon so I watched the fourth fifth sixth film I just had it on in the background while I was doing other things doing dishes making dinner Uh, they had the Friday the 13th movies on there as well Final Destination House of Wax so Yeah, all those like kind of like classic horror films are always on like AMC Fear Fest throughout the month of October. So, like I said, I won't mention any of those here. I kind of just like I said with the Letterbox, it's just films that I sat down and watched from beginning to end and pressed play and found it on a streaming site or paid you know to rent it as well. So yeah, I kind of just wanted to give a little bit of a clarification there. I did watch a lot of good uh horror classics like i mentioned but kind of just background mainly only a couple of films i probably watched from beginning to end but maybe got interrupted here and then doing other things so but enough chatting let's kind of get into the list because i don't want to make this episode too too long (laughs) so i'll try to go through the films maybe talk about them give a few minutes to each movie kind of what i thought these will all be non-spoilers as well and i'll kind of give my recommendation I pretty much can recommend all these films that I watched, and then, yeah, tell you where to watch them, especially if you're here in the States. All right, so we're actually going to start on September 30th, (laughs) I think a day or two before October, and I want to start off with the highly anticipated, much (laughs) long-awaited sequel Hocus Pocus too. So yeah, my wife and I kind of made like a date night out of it. And yeah, I was all excited. We sat on the couch, ordered some food, takeout and started that I think it was on a Friday night. And we had a really good time watching it. I will say yeah, overall, it's a pretty solid sequel, especially to a film that's so beloved as Hocus Pocus. I love that film as well. That's another film I mentioned it was on in the background, like Freeform, that I did check out. I don't think I watched it from beginning to end this year, this past year, but I did have it on in the background here and there. And I will say, yeah, the sequel overall is pretty solid. We got the three sisters, the witches coming back. Their involvement and how much they seem to love the characters is what helped the sequel out quite a bit because it didn't feel like a cash grab. It didn't seem like any of the actresses were phoning it in they were really right back into their characters having a really good time and it made the film overall a lot of fun i don't think it's nowhere near probably as good as the first film a lot of people even say the first film is actually not a good film i'll disagree i think hocus pocus is a good film and it's so uh watchable or i don't think the second film is as watchable i don't foresee myself turning it on or having it on in the background. Maybe years down the road, but yeah, overall, you know, watching it once, I had a really good time. I think for sure they're going to be making a third one. I think I've heard rumors or they're starting pre-production. So it will be interesting to see kind of this as like the middle film, possibly like in a trilogy and kind of go from there to set up these new characters and maybe their adventures and what's going on there. But yeah, overall, I had a really good time. Like I said, I don't know if I already mentioned it, but I gave it a three and a half out of five especially a lot of these horror sequels, just horror or just films in general that um, in today's age, especially with streaming, you know, they're doing a lot of remakes, reboots, sequels to films from a while ago. A lot of times they are not really good. (laughs) So this was a pleasant surprise. I was, I was nervous it was going to be kind of like a dumpster fire, or just really cheesy. But now overall, yeah, it had a, you know, it pretty much carried on the vibe of the first film. Had a pretty good story as well, and it was just a lot of fun. So yeah, it was a good Friday night. I had a lot of fun watching it. My wife liked it as well. So if she wants to turn it on again one day, I will be happy to watch it again. But for me at least, yeah, the first one definitely is way more watchable that you could just put on constantly and just laugh and just have a good time. So yep, that's Hocus Pocus too. That was September 30th. So then on October 3rd, looks like that's when I watched Martyrs. 2008 film, French film. I have a whole episode on Martyr. So I planned that. I watched that as like my first Halloween October film. And then I recorded an episode on that. So you can, it's there in the feed a few uh, episodes back. So yeah, check that one out. Uh, Yeah, I gave it a four out of five. And I even liked it as well with the little heart. (laughs) And it's a film, like I've mentioned, I won't talk too much because you can listen to the episode. Uh, It's a film I really respect. It's so well made. It's so well written. Uh, The performances are so good and the way it makes you feel is what I believe the director was going for. But it's a film I probably really won't watch again. (laughs) It's a very interesting film. It's a fun film to talk about and think about. I like listening to other podcast episodes on it, uh, YouTube reviews. But yeah, it's a film I'm definitely not going to sit down and be like, oh, I want to watch Martyrs, unless I'm in that headspace, which I hopefully am not, which puts you through. But yeah, it's a film that I waited a long time to watch. I've heard about it. It's got the reputation of being a huge uh, w- Debbie Downer, <laughs> very bleak, very depressing. And yeah, it does give those feels as well. So I definitely, with I. It helped me to want to watch, clarify that I want to watch more films in the French extremity era, the new French wave, they call it. So I think, yeah, I definitely want to check out Inside, possibly as it gets closer to Christmas, because I think that's kind of like a Christmas horror film. So, yeah, Martyrs, like I said, four out of five stars on October 5th. I checked out the original Hellraiser from 1987. This is actually a horror classic that, like I mentioned, I probably didn't watch as many horror classics from beginning to end, but this is a film that I've actually never watched. I've never watched any of the Hellraiser films. Um, I always just knew of Pinhead, what he looked like. I always thought he was pretty creepy, but I just never watched Hellraiser for some odd reason. It never seemed like it was on TV when I was younger. And I just, you know, I had older cousins that showed me a lot of like the horror classics and they never really mentioned uh, Hellraiser. So, yeah, I never really checked it out. And I've always kind of put it off as an adult, but I knew the new Hellraiser 2022 was coming out. So I was like, you know what, I think I want to check this out and just try to, you know, for check it off the bucket list or, you know, or the watch list, basically. And overall, I gave it a three out of five, probably... I usually am pretty generous with my star ratings, even though they don't mean anything. I will say for me personally, it's probably like a two and a half out of five, but I can respect, you know, what this film did. I love the practical effects in the film. Overall, the story kind of just lost me here and there. I kind of, I shouldn't say this, but I probably kind of got bored. I was a little bored watching the film. I did watch it kind of late at night, you know, after work one day. So that's one of the films I mentioned where I did watch it in one sitting, but it was one of those where I was kind of like, kind of waiting for it to end. And, but yeah, overall, you know, I can respect it as well. And I love the practical effects and it's so different. What is it? It's a Clive Barker film, I believe. And yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, Clive Barker is the director. But overall, yeah, it's it's a film <laughs> I probably really won't check out ever again. If it's on TV, possibly. I did like, <laughs> like, I didn't know that Come to Daddy, if that uh, saying came from Hellraiser, if that's where it originally came from. But I did enjoy that when... Um, frank i believe it says you know come to daddy in that voice i always thought that, i thought that was pretty funny in the uh bites. i thought they were all pretty cool pinhead especially so overall yeah three out of five at a decent time watching that film and i can recommend if you have never watched hellraiser do check it out it is a horror classic and it's so out there as well different than all the other horror films so it's a good watch something to put on you know something for you to watch to add to your watch list So then two days later on October 7th, that's when I watched Hellraiser 2022. This came out on Hulu as a Hulu original, and I was really excited to watch this film. Like I said, never really, even before watching the original Hellraiser film, I kind of had this on my watch list. Um, David Bruckner is the director behind this film. I think he also maybe co-wrote the film as well. And I really, really like David Bruckner, his horror film so far. He did The Ritual, which is like a Netflix film. That film is so good and very creepy as well. Very underrated. And then he did the film from last year, The Night House. Or either that came out last year or the year before. I think that came out last year. And The Night House, another one that no one really is talking about. That film is so good. It's a really, I would say, scary horror film. That's uh, really well done. It's with Rebecca Hall I know that came in the theaters and really bombed. No one watched it, and I believe you can watch it now on HBO Max. And that's a horror film I've actually watched multiple times, so it's not like I've watched it once. That's a film I've actually gone back and watched and even had my wife watch it after I watched it the first time. But there's some really good scares in there. It's creepy. It's um, a lot of metaphors with grief and loss, and I really dug The Night House. So that's enough on the night house, but overall, the Hellraiser, I guess, reboot. It's pretty much a totally different story, which I did like. It has, it's not doing the Halloween twenty eighteen route where it disregards the sequels and only is a sequel to the original film. This is basically just a whole new thing, basically. And overall, I liked it quite a bit. I gave it a three and a half out of five stars. Um, I was really into the movie, especially in the beginning, the setup. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, and going kind of a different route. It deals with, like, the box and uh, the Cenobites as well. Pretty much, yeah, it's a little bit of a different story um, in the same spirit as the original Hellraiser. The only couple of negatives with the film, and I know people don't like hearing this, is, like, the main protagonist, the main female lead in this film She is um, a recovering addict, and I know she's played and supposed to be unlikable. I know that's what they're going for. So when people say this, you know, a lot of people roll their eyes saying that's the point, but she's very unlikable in this film, (laughs) and it's very hard to root for her at times. And she's kind of annoying, too, (laughs) to be honest. And, you know, the actress did a really good job playing her. And, you know, if that's what they wanted, she did it, she nailed it. But at times you're kind of just like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this is your character that you're following. And this film is very long too. That's another gripe I had with the film. It's like, I think it's almost two hours or it's a little over two hours. Let me look it up. Yeah, it's an hour and 21 minutes. So yeah, it's about two hours long and it's just, it could have cut a lot of it out. (laughs) It could have been like an hour and 40, hour and 30 Um, I was really digging the beginning of the film, and overall, I really did like this film, and I do recommend it, so check it out. It is on Hulu, but yeah, I think it kind of loses some steam here and there, maybe in the middle, a little towards the end, but overall, I did enjoy it. I thought, you know, some of the kills are pretty good, graphic, and I really like the end of the film. I put that in my little review as well, that the last shot of this film is pretty dark and bleak and scary as well. And it kind of, you know, stuck with me days after watching it where I was a little creeped out. So if a film does that and it has me thinking about it and still like the image still haunts me days later, I have to give it a thumbs up. So overall, yeah, Hellraiser 2022 is a thumbs up from me. (laughs) And I do recommend it. And if they do make more films, even with these characters, even though I said I really didn't like the main lead, um i'll probably yeah check it out again just to see what they do next i'll be curious to see what happens and it's just interesting yeah that this wasn't a theatrical release just kind of released on hulu and it seemed like it got pretty good buzz just like on twitter and stuff people were definitely talking about this film so i'll be curious they never released their numbers or their ratings so i'll be curious you know if they go ahead and make a second film in like this universe or if this is kind of just a one and done but I'm always here for the director David Buckner like I mentioned anything he makes I'm definitely gonna check out because for me he's pretty much three for three now and those first two films are very highly rated in my opinion very good on october 12th i checked out werewolf by night this is like the new marvel um off short i guess you could call it on disney plus kind of like a special in the marvel universe this was actually really good werewolf by night i gave this four out of five stars i really had a good time watching it's about an hour long and it's basically just an old school monster movie in about 55 to an hour long And I really did enjoy it. (laughs) I had a lot of fun watching it. The way it's shot, um, the way it looks, it just gives you the feel of, yeah, a very, I don't even know, 1950s horror, yeah, monster movie, like you're watching a legit werewolf horror movie from back in the day. Just the way it's shot, the way it's edited, everything about it. I just really dug this film. I don't want to get too much into it. And I really liked that Marvel Basically, you know, with all their stuff, they always got to throw in cameos or something. I know there is a monster in this film that's somewhat of a nod to people who have, like, read the comics, but there's no uh, superheroes, basically, in here. It's its own thing, and I really respect that, and I hope they do more in this universe and take more risks and tries, basically. If they keep just doing little specials, little one-off specials i'll be here for this kind of kind of got me back into marvel a tad bit i've been kind of distanced from them (laughs) and just their stuff because it just seems like they always just play it so safe And just trying to tie everything together at times, it just kind of gets a little bit old and frustrating. I just want to see them do something different. And this was actually way more violent than I expected. I mean, there's some blood and gore here and some pretty good kills. So yeah, Werewolf by Night, I love too that it's only about an hour long. So you're kind of in and out, and it's nice and tight. And again, I can't praise it enough. I really had a good time watching it, so definitely check that one out. It's on Disney Plus right now. It looks like that same night. So after I watched Werewolf by Night on that same day, the 12th, I ended up watching Unfriended for the first time. Unfriended from 2014. I've mentioned before, I'm a big time found footage horror junkie. I've watched a lot of found footage horror films. I can kind of pat myself on the back saying that and kind of wear that, I guess, like badge of honor saying I've watched a lot of found footage horror films. Like I said, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you'll see me sprinkling them in almost monthly watching something i'm always checking out new found footage films in saying that and giving myself all this credit though i've never watched unfriended for some odd reason it's a film that i've always heard about i think in 2014 i was like starting college and was just busy doing that stuff so i just for some reason unfriended just totally went over my head and i don't really remember hearing about it to be honest but this deal is kind of with almost like this, uh, webcam, uh, Skype universe. So it's really like, yeah, I consider it a found footage, but it deals more with, um, like Skype and people just like on their laptops and you can see like our main character, what she's looking at, um, going through like Facebook, a lot of Facebook in here and stuff like that. And, uh, listening to music and just, yeah, talking over Skype, which is interesting. I gave this a three out of five. I thought it was pretty solid overall. Um, it deals with a bunch of classmates, a group of friends, and just talking like on a Friday night or so, um, someone from their school has recently committed suicide. And then it turns out possibly that this group of friends were bullies. They're very unlikable characters as it kind of goes on, but, and it kind of deals with like a ghost as well. So it's almost like a ghost, uh, story, like a cyber, uh, ghost or something like that kind of going after them I thought it was pretty good overall it wasn't great but I had a fun time watching it it's kind of like a fun late night horror film if you're you know just in the mood for something a little bit I don't want to say trashy is the right word because it's really well made and I like the story and everything just you know it wasn't as high up and it wasn't as like creepy and scary I would say but there's a couple good kills but it kind of like um, you only the way it's shot it's almost like the main character her connection isn't really good so a lot of like stuff is like static and just like buffering I guess you should say so a lot of the kills you really don't see as well you just see like a little glimpse of them so I'm sure that was done on purpose probably a budget thing as well but again probably giving it a more authentic feel but yeah three out of five I think it's on Netflix so yeah check that one out. Then I watched the next day on the 13th. I'm on a little roll here, it seems like. <laughs> uh, Dark Glasses, the new Dario Argento um, Italian horror film that's on Shudder right now. That's another one I did an episode on, so you can listen to it there. I gave it a three and a half out of five. I had a good time with it. I t- I mentioned in that episode, I kind of have like a little bit... Of a soft spot for Giallo films and just the way they're made and everything. I kinda like them for some odd reason. (laughs) They are popular, so I shouldn't make it out like I'm like it's some obscure uh, genre in the horror film in the horror industry. But yeah, I like I enjoy Giallo style films for some reason. They just they're kind of fun for me. And yeah, I had a good time watching it. I will say though, after now, um you know I was kind of high I I feel like I was a little more high on it probably especially in the review because I think I filmed that or recorded that as soon as I watched it so it was like fresh in my mind I was thinking about it but it is one of those films unfortunately I really haven't thought much about kind of you know starting to fade from my memory so it's probably not a film I'm going to check out again but If you are into Dario Argento films, if you're into Giallo films, Italian films, it's currently on Shudder. It's like a Shudder exclusive. That's where I think you can only watch it at. And it's pretty good. It's only like 90 minutes or so. So you're kind of in and out as well. It's a fun pretty much slasher film. That same day on the 13th, I watched Unfriended Dark Web. So yeah, I was, I did, (laughs) I caught up on the Unfriended film. So this is a 2018 film and this is currently on peacock i believe and i actually tried to get my wife to watch it but she has um, she doesn't have like the best eyesight <laughs> and so where she was sitting i think these films you just got to watch basically like on your phone or on your laptop it's interesting sitting down and watching on tv like an actual found footage film even though i enjoy that i feel like for me watching them like on an actual laptop or or watching them on a phone gives it more of like a raw feeling like it's real and you're kind of just watching something that actually happened I don't know if that makes sense but for me I think that's another reason why I really like uh found footage films because I feel like I always watch them actually on like a laptop or on my phone which I know a lot of like whole or a lot of like film snobs will say that's a horrible way to watch a movie but it gives it more of a authentic feel a authentic feeling I guess you could say so we were watching it and because we were you know watching on the couch my wife was like I really because there's a lot of typing on Facebook especially right in the beginning you get thrown into someone who basically gets a new computer on Craigslist so he claims and he's kind of just like setting everything up he's on Facebook and he's on this other person who originally had this computer um, their Facebook and people are messaging so it's a lot of like typing back and forth and going in between back and forth from his account to a new account and looking up files and she kind of I had a feeling this was coming but she turned to me and she's like I can't I don't know what's going on because I can't read anything they're typing because they're typing fast and sending it so we she ended up not watching the film and I ended up watching it on my phone later that night we paused it and turned on something else and then I ended up watching it And I actually really like this film. So I gave this 4 out of 5 stars. So if you're going to watch one of the two Unfriended films, definitely check out Unfriended Dark Web. This film's really dark, (laughs) hence the title Dark Web. Like I mentioned, it's this college kid that kind of gets his hands on a new laptop. Like I said, he claims from Craigslist. And whoever had this laptop before just had some bad stuff on there that's what he's kind of like unraveling same thing he's having a skype session with some friends i think they're planning on playing like some card like a card game over zoom or skype and yeah him just like unloading or Looking into files, and the person on Facebook knows, you know, that he has this computer, and he finds some very dark stuff on there in the dark web. Hence the title, (laughs) Dark Web. But this film is very dark, very bleak, and I liked it though. I thought it kind of went for it. It's a lot better, like I said, than Unfriended, the first one. Just a little more cleaner. You can see what's going on. I feel like, and just yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty gnarly little uh, found footage film. I had a lot of fun watching it. It's another film. 2018 is not that long ago, only four years ago. But I don't really remember this film coming out, so I'm a little disappointed in myself not you know going to the theaters or watching it as soon as it hit VOD. I don't know what I was doing in 2018, but yeah, I totally missed it, I've heard of it after the fact, but put it off for a while. But I finally did check it out, and like I said, I really liked it. It's a solid found footage, um, Skype, Facebook-type film. So check that one out. Like I said, it's currently streaming on Peacock. All right, so then the next day on October 14th, I ended up watching Halloween Ends. (laughs) So this was the highly anticipated uh, end to the new Halloween trilogy from David Gordon Green. Uh, I really, really liked Halloween 2018. I think that's a really good Halloween film. Uh, Halloween Ends I enjoyed, but I don't really remember. I just remember the cheesy Evil Ends Tonight slogan and them chanting. And I remember a lot of the kills are pretty brutal as well. But overall, that film really didn't stick with me. I don't remember it too much. I remember a lot of people complaining about it, like always on Twitter and everything. And this film also had people up in <laughs> their hands in the air and uproar whatever, so Halloween ends is yeah the end to this trilogy, and overall, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I'm still kind of sitting with it um it's a little bit longer, it's almost like two hours, and it goes in a way different um. It takes a lot of big swings, I guess you could say. If you have not watched Halloween Ends, I do recommend it, especially if you've been watching the other Halloween films. I guess as the trilogy overall, I would say it's a successful trilogy. Question mark. I do think the first film's really good. Um, I got more thoughts on it. I feel like I'm still thinking about the film because overall, like I liked it. I didn't love it. Some people are claiming this is like the best Halloween film ever and others are saying it's the worst Halloween film ever. I will say, not to get into spoilers, you deal with a new character in this film, Corey, quite a bit. It's almost like a whole new movie following a new character. Michael Myers is not in it that much, but you do get a conclusion to him and Laurie's story, so that's somewhat satisfying. And yeah, it's just, it's a lot, I will say. And I, I mean, that's why there's a long runtime in the movie because they're trying to do a lot here I'm just curious it's almost like the Star Wars films although and I'm not the first one to make this um comparison but it seems like 2018 Halloween it was just like a one-time movie and they kind of left it somewhat ambiguous with possibly a sequel and that movie made a ton of money everyone loved it so then they were like instead of just make it one more movie they decided to make two more make it a trilogy and I feel like they were just kind of really didn't know what to do with it where to go and I do somewhat I guess admire the writers and producers and all them for doing something different because there's only so much you can do with Laurie Strode and him and yeah Michael and them two battling it out because they battle it out in Halloween 2018 and it seems like a satisfying ending in that one and yeah so it was just i like that they try to do something a little bit different here and it does like i say it (laughs) swings for the fences and a lot of people hate it and others love it it's kind of like the last jedi of like i said the new star wars trilogy because it just it takes some big swings and kind of changes i guess you know the lore and everything but overall like i said i'm still kind of processing it (laughs) even though it probably doesn't deserve that much you know uh analysis or anything but I will say, I guess, to end on my my Halloween, my thoughts is like, what's his name? Chris Stuckman just yesterday posted uh, his Halloween H2O episode or his review. He does like Halloween episodes every year. And he mentioned how he really likes the Halloween films, mainly from John Carpenter, that just deal with uh, Michael Myers being a stalker and just stalking people and killing them no lore, no uh, big message, and I kind of agree with him in that aspect because, yeah, the first one is the best film. Even the second one's good, and Halloween H20, like he was saying, is, you know, only 90 minutes, and it's really just a stalker, slasher film, and that's kind of the best that you can get with Michael Myers. And these new ones, in 2018, I will agree, is somewhat of a stalker film and him escaping, and but Halloween uh, Kills and Halloween Ends, they're just trying to, like, deal with you know the town of um Haddonfield and evil and where does evil come from and is Michael Myers evil is he a force all this stuff instead of him just being yeah just a stalker that kills babysitters (laughs) so like I said I kind of have a lot of thoughts and I'm curious to see where I guess you know this film or this franchise will never end so we'll get something new eventually I don't know when but it'll be kind of cool for them just to like maybe restart over just have Michael Myers be a stalker that goes after you know babysitters and people teenagers and young adults on Halloween night and just kind of go from there kind of keep it simple I guess you could say but yeah overall a lot of thoughts on Halloween ends um yeah <laughs> like a, if I had to rank the uh, movies in that trilogy definitely Halloween 2018 I really like that film I've watched it multiple times and I think it's really good <laughs> and um Maybe, probably, I don't know. The last two can be interchangeable for me. Maybe it just goes one, two, and three. Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Like I said, I kind of admire what they did with this, so I'm doing something totally different. But it is pretty long and, I don't know, just interesting. (laughs) So I'll leave it there. So I went uh, a few days without watching anything, and then on October 20th, it looks like I checked out Deadstream, This is the new horror film on Shudder, another Shudder-like exclusive. Uh, A lot of shout-outs to Shudder because they just pumping out horror films and a lot of good quality, solid horror films. This horror film is from a married couple, Joseph and Vanessa Winter, and I believe Joseph plays the main lead. I like this. This is another found footage film, and it's about a disgraced YouTuber who's kind of trying to get back in the game and he spends one night at a haunted house without being able to escape throws away the key and all that and yeah stuff happens from there i gave this film a three out of five overall i don't know i kind of had a lot of hype going into this film i kept hearing that it was really really good it was bonkers it was scary a lot of people refer to it as evil dead which i can agree with And I don't know. Overall, I was kind of just waiting for it to end towards the end, (laughs) which that sounds really mean. But it's just the truth. I really liked actually the beginning when it's a little more of a comedy. I actually liked the main character played by, I think, Joseph Winter, the director. I thought he was really funny and kind of, you know, it's making fun of uh, YouTubers and people, uh, influencers. And I don't know him like reading his comments as he's like doing going through all this. I just thought it was really funny, like him interacting with the live chat. I thought that was pretty good. And yeah, the horror, it goes, I mean, it gets pretty bonkers and a lot of stuff happens. It's pretty good overall. I'm being a little more of a Debbie Downer on this film probably than I should be. It's a low budget film, but yeah, the practical effects and everything are pretty good. I just didn't really find it scary. Really, there's some gross scenes in it with some gross horror or some gross uh, gore and blood. But yeah, overall, I just kind of at the end of the film, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, that was pretty good. And that was kind of it, to be honest. I guess I shouldn't, ex- you know, with films, we shouldn't always expect it to be the best thing ever or the worst thing. You know, it's just, it was solid three out of five. If you're into found footage films, if you're just looking for something kind of fun, yeah definitely check it out with some good gore i guess too they also i think they did a segment on the new vhs 99 i have not checked out vhs 99 yet but i heard they have a pretty good segment on there as well so they're kind of like up-and-coming horror directors and writers so it'd be cool to see what they do next it's kind of cool that they're you know a husband and wife team that's pretty fun on october 22nd i watched bodies 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 Uh, this is the A24 thriller comedy I guess you could say Um, I remember watching the trailer for this film and I was just not impressed I and I was like man this does not look good to be honest I didn't think it looked funny or I didn't find it funny and it just no but I kept hearing really good things about this film I kept hearing that it was a really good satire making fun of um, uh, Gen Z and really poking fun at them I kind of knew going in that it was not a slasher And I think the marketing, they do market this as like a slasher horror film, and it is not. It's really much, it's really just a whodunit about a bunch of like college kids, early 20s, doing a, having a hurricane party, so they're stuck at this mansion, they're all rich kids, and what, I wanted more, I mean, it was okay, again, three out of five stars, solid, but I kind of just wanted more satire, more bite, more, um, I guess shots thrown at Gen Z that's all I kept hearing about was that how this worked and it's poking fun at them so much there's really only one scene towards the end towards the conclusion that I feel like really um shows you know kind of what Gen Z's like or like what a lot of people on how today are with the internet and just PC culture and I thought that was kind of fun and poking fun at them but I kind of just wanted more of that so I don't know. I didn't find it as funny either, which, again, that's just being subjective. You know, everyone has their uh, taste in comedy and what they find funny and what they don't. There's some funny scenes. I liked the ending, too. It has a pretty good twist at the end, which I found funny and did make me laugh. But overall, yeah, it's just like a decent film. It's an A24 film. I would say it's probably the least A24 out of all the A24 films. It's kind of like I said, just a straight uh, forward film. Who done it? Comedy slash thriller. Um, but I don't think again the marketing was pretty bad for this film. Don't go in expecting a horror film or a slasher because it's really not. So if you haven't checked it out yet, but overall, uh, again three out of five. I probably won't check it out again if I'm being honest. Then I checked out on October twenty fifth, The Witch in the Window, which is also on Shutter. I've heard about this film before. It's um a small indie horror film that I heard is really scary. So I was excited to check it. I've always had it on my watch list for years, to be honest. And finally, I checked it out, and I really liked it. I gave it a four out of five stars. Again, it's very low budget. It's a small film. It's only like, man, it's only like maybe less than 80 minutes, to be honest, like 70 to 80 minutes. But you're in and out, and it just deals with a father and son who go to flip a house and... There may be a witch there, <laughs> and there's some really creepy tense scenes here it's so um I don't want to say interesting, but I just find it uh I'm very much admiring what the director did here, you know, being a low budget horror film, and especially with bigger budgets, horror films, you know people with actually big budgets that can't pull off scares and tension. this director with a small budget. Like I said, really pulled it off, if that makes any sense. Him, yeah, it's really tense at times. There's some really good, tense, scary scenes here, and I really liked it. (laughs) So four out of five. gets emotional as well. has some heart, um, pulls at your heartstrings a little bit. I will say, I shouldn't say this, but I will say the acting can be a little bit questionable at times, but that's not a huge dig on the movie. Like I said, it doesn't really ruin it or anything, but if I had to give a small little complaint, I could say, yeah, the acting at times is a little questionable, a little uh i don't want to say cheesy either but just yeah it's okay but overall i thought the main actor that did plays the dad he did a really good job but it's really well written it's really tight it's well edited and i really like the scares here i just thought it was really creepy intense and it's what i wanted (laughs) to be honest in this film so i was very pleasantly surprised so that's currently on shutter do check out the witch in the window one of the films i will recommend here so this the next thing I watched on the 26 actually was random. I ended up randomly watching an episode from Guillermo del Toro's um, Cabinets of Curiosity that came out on Netflix, and I feel like not a lot of people are talking about it. it kind of came, I feel like it just had like a small little release. And no one's really talking about it, but it has a lot of directors, uh, big name directors, horror directors that are doing like these segments, an anthology. Uh, about an hour-long episode, almost like American Horror Stories. <laughs> uh, but this is probably a lot better, but I only watched one episode so far, so I watched The Outside just because my wife and I were looking for something to watch. And just from, like, the tagline, the plot synopsis seemed like something she would be interested in. It's just about a young woman who's kind of, I don't know, going through the mundane lifestyle, and then she finds this lotion, <laughs> uh, this commercial late at night, uh, the guy is played by Dan Stevens, who I really liked in her. He's got this crazy accent, almost like a German accent, I guess Eastern European accent, and he's like really tan and nice hair, and he's selling her this lotion. I thought he was really funny and somewhat creepy as well, and it just goes from there. Overall, it's pretty, it's decent. Like I said, it's only an hour long, but it felt very much, it felt very um dragged out at times. I gave it a 3 out of 5. It's from the director that um let me look up her name. Anna Lily Ampor Amphor. Um she did I believe um A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. She directed that film which I've heard good things about. So she yeah, she's a good um highly rated director, horror director. And there's some good gore here. It gets a little weird at times and overall it's a pretty decent horror segment. You know, if you're just looking for something kind of quick to watch, I will say this takes place during Christmas, which I did not know. So I would say this is almost like a good Christmas horror. If if you want to save it, if you're looking for something to watch during uh, Christmas time, there's not a ton of Christmas horror, but if you're looking for something, maybe kind of put a pin in the outside on, um, I don't even remember what episode, it's like episode four or five on the cabinet of curiosities because it takes place during Christmas, has a little bit of a Christmas vibe to it. So it's almost even like um, Krampus, almost like that as well. But overall, yeah, it's decent. I want to check out the one episode directed by Jennifer Kent. I really, really love The Babadook. And I even liked The Nightingale, even though it's a really tough watch. But I kind of want to see the episode that she directed, so I might check that out pretty soon. So we're coming to the last two movies in October. These are two films that I actually watched yesterday on October 31st, Halloween Day. I had the day off, so I did watch two horror films to kind of end the Halloween season. First film I watched was Resurrection. This is a new 2022 horror film that's on Shudder as well. It's not a Shudder original, but it's like a Shudder exclusive. It's streaming on there. I think it can rent the movie as well on VOD. This is the new Rebecca Hall uh, film that she plays the lead in. She did not direct, but... This is an interesting horror film. I gave it a three and a half out of five. It's another film I'm sitting with. I think it's so well acted. Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth are very good in this movie. It's basically about um, a woman who's living her life with her daughter, uh, doing really well until someone from her past just shows up and things go from there. This is another film. This almost feels like an A24 film. I guess you can almost give it the... Uh, tag of elevated horror which I know a lot of people hate I somewhat don't hate it you know to me it's fine but this film it kind of go it kind of falls in that category of elevated horror it deals a lot with uh, metaphors and this is a film at the end after you watch it you're just going to go on google and type in resurrection ending explain <laughs> and it is fun to read other people's um thoughts on the film I kind of have my thoughts on it I don't think it's as ambiguous as maybe the director wanted I think it's pretty you can kind of I don't know at least for me what happened in this film it's a pretty straightforward like metaphor it deals with abuse and gaslighting and it gets pretty bonkers at the end I saw people comparing it to men the other a20 the a24 film this is resurrection It's not a24 but man that came out earlier this year which i really did not like i didn't like the ending of that film i just thought it was just like hitting you over the head way too much with what it was trying to say and people are saying this film does that better which i can kind of agree with this film's really good it's like i said three and a half it could almost be a four star film for me and i might round it up the more i've been thinking about it i might round it up but i'm still sitting with it like i said i just watched it yesterday but the the performances like i said rebecca hall i mean she goes for it in this film she's somewhat of like a scream queen now you know she was in the gift and she was in the movie i praised earlier the night house um she's a really good actress and she's really good in these horror films she's like i said she goes for it and you feel it it's this film is very tense and will get your heart pumping in ways you do not expect because it's so tense and i don't know yeah it's kind of like anxiety field (laughs) so if you yeah maybe if you're even triggered by you know like gaslighting and probably like an abusive relationship this film might be very triggering and yeah I found it very well done I believe the director let mean give him a shout out Andrew Simmons I believe he wrote the film as well this is like his first feature-length film and it's very impressive he did a really good job so And I like Tim Roth in the film, too. I thought he was very creepy, too. And yeah, I liked it. So even though, like I said, I gave it a three and a half out of five, I might end up rounding it up right now to four because it's yeah, it's a film that I'm still thinking about, even though it's only a day later. But yeah, it's pretty solid. So definitely check that one out if you're looking for somewhat of a slow burn, but something really tense, you know, no jump scares or anything, but something that's really just going to you're just going to feel tense throughout the whole film from the beginning. Check out Resurrection on Shudder. And lastly, I watched the film that everyone's talking about, and that is Barbarian. And that is, this was released about a month ago in theaters. Everyone's been raving about this film, and I've just been patiently waiting to watch it. It's currently on HBO Max here in the States, and I was trying to get my wife to watch it, so I would have watched it earlier when it came out. I think it came out on the 25th, but she kept putting it off, kept putting it off, and finally she was like, yeah, you could just watch it on your own. She didn't seem too interested. And what everyone says is true go into this film blind and you know don't read up too much on it there's a lot of twists and turns here but it just it's pretty bonkers and it goes for it and at first when I um after I finished watching the film I was like "Mm, maybe I was a little bit overrated for me but then I thought more about and I was like no no no, that film was actually really good I'm being a little too hard on it maybe because my expectations because everyone's praising it so you know how in the back of your head you always kind of want to be the one that's like well that was overrated I try to get you know out of that headspace. It's you know sometimes it just happens though, but I was expecting you know probably one of the best horror films. That's what everyone kept talking about, and yeah, it, like it's a four in a it's a four out of five star film for me, and it might go up a little bit. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it as well. It's about an hour and 40 hour 50 minutes long and it takes a lot of twists and turns but the initial setup is this young woman she's in a bad area of Detroit she goes to an Airbnb and it seems like it was like double booked by um, Pennywise the actor he plays Pennywise Bill Skarskar he's there and I actually really like the beginning of the film I think that's probably the best Part of the film is the initial them two meeting, kind of figuring out what to do. It's a little bit awkward. You don't know what he's going to do next. Is he there? Is he sinister? I won't get into it, but I really liked their chemistry and just them two going playing off each other. And even in the beginning of the film, there's some like creepy, like the door closing in the background. Seems like somebody's there in the house. I really liked all that. And then, like I said, then it kind of just like goes for it, which I won't get into. And I liked that. And it's creepy. But it, at the times, you're kind of just like, man, that was a little bit bonkers. Uh, was it too bonkers? I don't know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, it's a solid horror film. And I really liked that You know, it's doing so well. A lot of people are talking about it. It had a big theatrical release. So kind of like kudos, I guess, to this film going for it. And it's not weird for weird sake, if that makes any sense. I think it's like striking the perfect balance of being bonkers and weird and being serious it's not campy by any means I feel like a lot of people are saying this is like the malignant of uh malignant from last year this is the film this year whatever taking that spot and I kind of somewhat disagree even though it takes some crazy twists and turns um I feel like malignant was a little more campy and being more campy the director uh James Wan was going for I feel like this film's a little more of a serious horror film I don't know if that makes any sense but I had a lot of fun watching it like I said go in blind check it out it's kind of like the horror film of the year one of the horror films of the year that everyone's talking about so it's kind of fun to finally check it out and kind of get into the discussion read other people's thoughts I feel like it's not a film you know it really doesn't have like any metaphors or anything where you're going to be left thinking you know what did that mean it's pretty straightforward and what happens and yeah I don't know yeah it's pretty creepy (laughs) so I had a lot of fun watching it I'm going to try to wrap this episode up. I'm kind of getting close to an hour long, and I don't want to go too, too long. So that is all the films that i watched that I've logged on Letterboxd. Like I said, it was a pretty solid uh, Halloween season for me. I do want to talk about a TV show that I watched. Um, My wife and I watched the new Mike Flanagan show, The Midnight Club. I'll talk quickly on that. I really liked it as well. In the Mike uh, Flanagan Netflix filmography it probably rates uh probably 3rd for me. Probably goes Hill House, Bly Manor, this and then maybe Midnight Mass. I wasn't as high up on Midnight Mass from last year and I feel like everyone's talk everyone talked about Midnight Mass last year during this time. And I feel like no one's really talking about the Midnight Club unfortunately, but I thought this was really solid and really good. 10 episodes, I think it's um an adaptation of christopher pike's uh books i've never read any any of those but the general plot synopsis for this film is um these young kids that are living at a hospice center kind of like almost like it's not a boarding school but it's this house where it's like a hospice for these young adults that are going to basically die at some point they're there they stop treatment And there, they start, you know, at midnight, they go and they basically just tell scary stories. They salute those in the past, the future, and, yeah, they just tell each other scary stories. So it kind of has, like, an Are You Afraid of the Dark vibe to it. But there's kind of, like, an A-plot of why our main character goes to this house. I think it's called, like... I was going to say, it's not cliffside, but maybe something like that. Something's going on in this house. There was possibly a cult living there in the years past. Um, yeah, stuff's going on there. And I, I guess I can give it away. One young woman basically got healed, they believe, from the house. She's, you know, in the records of going there terminally ill and leaving the house fully recovered so that's why our main character goes there she wants to find out what exactly happened to this character you know is there something is there you know um, cult-like activity going on in this house does it have special powers so that's kind of like the a plot which is really good and interesting and each episode le- leaves off at a cliffhanger which is pretty cool to uh, le- it leaves you wanting more basically and there's some really good creepy um, scenes here some good jump scares and overall yeah it's really good even though it sounds depressing young kids terminally ill at a hospice and it does get dark at times and doesn't shy away from you know that aspect of life of dying but it does it in an extremely well uh, thought out way and i really appreciate it i will say the show maybe don't binge watch it we did not we watched like an episode every other night or so just from like our work schedules. And I feel like that's the best way to watch it. Watch, watch, watch one episode and get a little bit heavy at times and then maybe take another day or two and then watch another episode. I feel like if you watched it from beginning to end, like in one or two days, it might be a little much. It might be a little heavy, a little depressing because like I said, it deals with very realistic, tough uh, subject matter of death and young kids, young adults dying basically at an early age. So Yeah, I I highly recommend this show. I really had a fun time watching it. Yeah, fun, I will say. It's got a really good story. It's really well written. Mike Flanagan, I believe he's the creator, and I think he co-wrote all the episodes, and he directed a few. And I give this, yeah, out of all, like I said, the Mike Flanagan shows, probably like second, or it's probably like in the second or third but I really liked Hill House. <laughs> that was probably one of my fa- it's like one of my favorite horror shows, period. I really liked Bly Manor being kind of like a gothic romance, gothic horror story. And this probably falls like right behind it, very close, and then Midnight Mass for me, which I know a lot of people love Midnight Mass, so I'm kinda in of the minority being a little bit That show for me was just a little bit too monologue heavy. (laughs) And there's some monologuing here, but not as much. And there's a lot of good scares. So I liked it. Definitely check it out. I feel like no one, like I said, is really talking about it too much. To quickly wrap up this episode, I will mention my wife and I are currently watching American Horror Story New York City. The new one, the new season. It's currently out right now. Week by week episodes. I think there's only like three or four episodes out. We've watched the first two. Uh, solid overall. We're enjoying it. It's kind of like a yearly tradition to watch like American horror story at least for us. So it's one of those things where we just like watching it one episode a week, checking it out and then kind of moving on and then watching another episode the next week. And as of right now, yeah, it's dealing, I think it's like in the 80s, 70s or 80s and it's kind of a got a slasher vibe. Somebody's targeting uh gay men and killing them and deals with like the police and them not caring and doing anything. So there's a lot of characters. Like I said, I've only watched two episodes. So we're we're still kind of getting the build up, and we'll see where it goes from there. But that's on FX, and we watch it just on Hulu. Like the next day, I did mention earlier that I was going to mention a couple books that I read. So I guess I will mention that I'll stay true <laughs> to what I said earlier. Um, I read uh, Into the Sublime. I read that. I read that at the end of September. That's kind of like a, a YA horror book about these young girls. Um, basically meeting up like in a horror chat room and then kind of going off to find the sublime somewhere in the woods, this possibly magical area that it sounds more, I say magical, but that's probably not the right word, um, that can possibly change how you are or something you want can grant if that makes any sense but there's also some witch stories of the sublime there's might be a witch hanging out there so it's a decent little horror book um it's got a really good cover some good cover art so it's kind of cool to have and put in your um to put on your bookshelf i really liked it but overall i gave that like a three and a half out of five it's a decent uh, little horror book so then i read i'll give this a big recommendation lock every door by riley sager I really like his books. I know some people kind of nitpick at his writing and his stories, but I really, really liked Lock Every Door. That might be my favorite out of all his books. It came out, um, I don't even know when it came out. It came out years ago. It might have been like his second book or so. My wife kept telling me, she's like, you got to read this book. It's so good. And this book, definitely check it out. Definitely read it if you're definitely in the mood for like autumn, fall vibes. It takes place in New York City at this, very rich, expensive um, apartment building overlooking Central Park. So it's giving you um, a lot of like good, cozy fall vibes, but something sinister is going on there at this hotel that someone's apartment's sitting for. And I'll just leave it there. But I really, I gave that five out of five stars. I really love this book. It was like a page turner, all the cliches where I could not put it down. I just kept reading it. And I really got like sucked into the world and had a lot of fun reading it. And then lastly, I read... A sequel to clown in a cornfield I read the second one *Frendo lives which came out um probably a month or so ago at the end of summer and I gave that a four out of five stars I just finished this actually today <laughs> I wanted to kind of quickly wrap it up so I can move on to some like detective novels for November but yeah that I read that and that was a good Halloween read um yeah it was a decent second uh sequel to the first book which I really enjoyed kind of got some good slasher vibes to it Um, yeah i kind of just leave it there so yeah so yeah those are the three books I read into the sublime lock every door and clown in a cornfield two friend who lives I give them all a recommendation but definitely check out lock every door by Riley Sager And that's going to do it for the Halloween season 2022. Everything I watched, like I said, in October and kind of leading up to Halloween. I got a lot of solid, good horror films. Um, Like I said, I watched some good TV as well, TV shows, or at least I watched one TV show. That was really good and read some books as well. So I'm pretty much satisfied with the Halloween season overall. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you put so much on your watch list, it makes you nervous and then you feel a little bit disappointed that you didn't get a chance to watch everything but i'm fully satisfied and to be honest i'm kind of looking forward to november and kind of the months ahead like i mentioned earlier it's kind of a bittersweet feeling now that halloween is over and kind of moving on to what a lot of people consider uh noir november so a lot of like thrillers and noir films and books so that's why i mentioned too that i kind of wanted to finish um the second clown in a cornfield book because i kind of have some books lined up that i wanted to read for um kind of some crime mystery books and there's actually even like a small um little community that celebrates nordic noir november which is like scandinavian crime books and movies and tv shows and i love scandinavian uh anything scandinavian you know what they produce crime and thrillers they have some good stuff so i'm looking forward to the future i'll probably i'll be honest i'll probably i plan on probably taking a little break from horror films just because i have watched so much in the last few months leading up to halloween i always do this every year in november and december i usually kind of switch gears and start watching catching up on some like probably just like your normal drama films some thrillers as well but probably nothing too much horror related There are some films, more thrillers coming out that I plan on watching and reviewing for the podcast. I'm literally just waiting for them to get released closer to me or on VOD so I can check them out. But I'll also be honest and say that I probably won't record and edit and post another podcast episode until probably the end of November because this Saturday, actually, my wife and I are going to be traveling to England and London and doing some traveling. We're going to be gone for a little while. So, I'm definitely looking forward to that and I don't want to, pressure myself recording and editing anything before or even right when we get back or while we're out there so maybe I'll do a recap episode when I get back if I've caught anything or watched or read anything while I was out there but yeah I'm gonna be doing some international traveling so I'm very very excited it's been three years now I think 2019 was the last time we went out of the country did some trips around the country since during and since you know COVID's still going on don't want to get into it but you know during that time the past three years yeah we've just done traveling uh in the state you know different states and cities but we're really excited to head back out leave the country and do some international traveling so very excited uh if you follow me on twitter you can follow the podcast there at foreign film pod i'll probably do some updates there while i'm traveling and if i get a chance to catch any foreign films or tv shows while i'm out there there is um i'll mention it maybe later i don't want to say too much but i know there's a new horror uh thriller tv show coming out on netflix very soon from the creators of dark in like the next week or two so i may i don't want to make any promises but i may maybe do some recap episodes on that tv show i don't want to commit to it yet but yeah dark is one of my favorite tv shows that german show from a few years ago but they have a new show coming out in a few weeks on netflix And they just released a trailer, so I may watch it and do a full season review or maybe some individual episodes. We'll see. Like I said, I don't want to commit to anything yet. But like I mentioned, also, there's some films coming out that I'm just waiting to catch, and then I'll do some episodes there. But yeah, overall, yeah, very satisfied with this past month. Had a lot of fun, watched a lot of good horror films. If you've been listening to this whole episode and you're still here, you know, follow me on Letterbox at KJ Steiner. And then you can kind of see what I'm watching there and check out some of the films that I'm watching as well. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. So I hope everyone had a really good Halloween season. I hope you watched a lot of good horror films. And like I said, heading forward into November, maybe start checking out some like uh, noir films and some crime mystery books. It's kind of getting to that season starting to get a little cold and dark outside, which like in my head and leads and like I mentioned, kind of leads to more like thrillers and crime drama. So Yeah. So I've already mentioned it, but yeah, follow me um, on Twitter at foreign film pod updates on the podcast. And I'll probably post, you know, while I'm traveling, just some pictures or what I'm doing out there. And then follow me on letterbox at KJ Steiner and you can see what I've been watching there. And again, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. So I hope everyone has a good rest of the week and I will check you guys out very soon. So take care. Bye-bye.